To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. I accept the coaster challenge. 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 Do you accept the coaster challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, David Cantu and J.D. Prescott. Hey, what's happening, J.D.? Not much. What's going on, David? Oh, it's going. Happy April 30th. Yes. And what a very special day this, this episode's on. Disney. Yeah. I mean, Disneyland is finally back open. Only at 25%, but hey, at this point, I think we'll take it at this point, you know. But gosh, you know, and, and what a way to kick off our our episode today. And we're doing a very special Disney theme episode. And what and what a better way to do it than with two very special friends of ours on the on the podcast. Kidult TV. Yeah, Fernie and Dee, along with their friend Sarah. The three of them are all going to be on the podcast today with Andrew. And gosh, just... It's amazing, you know. Disney is definitely uh, we're we're you and I are huge Disney fans. Oh yeah, love their movies. You know, you know, and I'm just like I'm just amazed that in Disneyland's history, the fact that this is the longest Disneyland has ever been closed yes, over this. a year. This is only the third time in Disney's history that the park has actually been closed, but this one was the longest. I think the first time Disneyland closed was 1963. John F. Kennedy assassination. And then 2001 with For the 9-11 attacks. And now 2020, the COVID pandemic. And but this one will definitely, I think, in our lifetime, this this closure is definitely in the history books that we all were oh, a part yeah. of. Everyone's going to remember this one. Yeah, this one's going to go for long ways down the road. But so we're really happy to have Fernie and Dee from Kidult TV on with with special guest Sarah, and we're going to get Andrew's going to get in more detail with that in a little bit. But first, let's see what's happening in the news. Disneyland has officially reopened on April 30th, and at 25% capacity, both Disneyland and Universal can now reopen at the 25% capacity mark now that Orange County and LA County have reached the orange tier on the COVID restrictions. Theme parks scheduled to reopen in May, as uh, so far we got Knott's Berry Farm, no specific date yet, but keep an eye on the website for details on that. California's Great America has announced that they will be reopening on May 22nd, along with Gilroy Gardens on May 22nd. Uh, Playland up in Fresno has announced a May reopening, and no word on SeaWorld San Diego on a reopening date with the rides in the park. And that is what's going on in the news this week. Well, I mean, they're going to open for as, as a zoo. Yeah. You can see animals. I mean, SeaWorld is open for as a zoo. 
Yes. At least you can go see the animals and help support the park in any way. And they've been running a lot of food festivals, just like Universal and Disney and Knott's have been doing. Um, so, I mean, the theme parks have been very creative this past year, trying to find ways to reopen and and for people to be able to support them. So, But we've got a really awesome episode. It's very special Disney theme. You know, the discussion you know in this episode is going to be about theme park magic. And uh, so Andrew is standing by with Fernie and D. And so take it away, Andrew. Thank you, David and JD. This is Andrew, one of the correspondents with Coaster Challenge. Welcome back to the Coaster Challenge podcast. We've been talking a lot on this podcast over the past uh, episodes here about fear and how coasters and theme parks can help with facing fears and how facing fears can make your life better. Today, we're going to get into another side of theme parks, a very positive side of theme parks, which also helps deal with fear, depression, anxiety, which of course fear is a form of anxiety, and other sort of mental issues, even perhaps physical issues, where there are, again, aspects of theme parks that really help people survive and live with these things and and get better and improve these things and reduce these negative impacts on their lives. What we're going to be talking about today is something really special. It's called theme park magic. And to help talk about this and, and discuss this, I'd like to welcome to the podcast Kidult TV. Welcome Fernie and D. Hey, welcome what guys. it do? Hello. What it do? <laughs> How are you doing? Very good. We're very good here in Lancaster, enjoying our day on the Coaster Challenge podcast. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So you guys are key to talking about theme park magic because you guys are based there in Southern California and, you know, near the El- near LA and of course near Anaheim. So you're near uh, Disney, of course, Universal and why I'm mentioning Disney Universal is especially on a podcast where we're usually talking about big coasters and Six Flags and Cedar Fair, et cetera. We're talking about Disney Universal today because those are really, especially here in the U S uh, the, the major chains that are the highly themed theme parks. Now, of course, there are specialty parks, regional parks like Silver Dollar City and Dollywood and others that are very highly themed as well. But those are kind of very special, uh, unique kind of in certain areas. They're not, they're not the, the big chains and so forth. And of course, you guys are not near those parks. Um, but you guys are near Disney and Universal. So we're going to focus on those. And again, what we're going to talk about today is theme park magic. So to kick things off, tell tell the listeners and tell us about the magic of highly themed parks like Disney Universal. You know, what do you think about the the, the magic and the immersion and so forth? You know, um, the environment there itself, it's just you're you feel like you're in a whole different world. People go there and we talk about it with the other people that are there. You know, it's it's your comfort zone. You feel home there. And when we went back to Disney for Touch of Disney on opening day, a lot of people were seeing that. Even the cast members were home. We're home. We're happy to be here. People could be themselves, you know, and it's just everyone's just happy. It's it's like you walk through that door and people just like don't have a care in the world. Something as simple as having a private conversation with your own family is an example and some random stranger just pops and joins your conversation. <laughs> it's not like out in the other world where you're like, excuse me, who are you? Like, no, no, no. Excuse and people, me, 
they just go along with you, you know, yes, I agree. Or where did you see that? You know, they go along with you and it's nice. Yes. I, I truly enjoy, I truly enjoy being at the Disneyland parks. Even I was saying when I went to touch of Disney, I don't even know if it's going to be worth it. It's kind of expensive, but as soon as I was in there, I was like, Oh, this, this, this feels good. This feels real good. Let's go walk around the park. And it's, and it's feel like you were like at the park is for the most part, me and you go sometimes and we don't even ride rides. We kind of just go and have dinner, kind of chill. Sometimes even just kind of just sit down and have coffee, and just to just to be in there, just to hear the the ambient music and all that stuff. It, that's what that's what kind of makes us. That's kind of like our little bit of magic that we kind of enjoy at the parks. Nice, nice. Now, uh, D, you mentioned about being there on opening day. Are you which park are you referring to? To California Adventureland when that park reopened for Touch of Disney because Disneyland itself is not open for a touch of Disney. They're planning to right. open, they're planning to open at the end of the month of uh, April. So we shall see how that goes. Right. But you were talking about going to California Adventure, uh, you know, I guess maybe a few weeks ago recently for kind of the taste of Disney where they're not having any attractions open, but you can walk around in the park and you can go to the restaurants and things like that, right? Yes, you can. And just seeing the characters that they had out there and the cast members, you know, it it was great. It was a delight. They get into it. They want to talk to you. We missed you. You know, thanks for being here. I was even telling cast members, you know, thanks for being here. You know, I'm glad you're back. And they would tell me I'm glad to be back myself. Even the cast members. Nice. Now, now let's talk a little bit more about that. So going to that uh, experience, did you really feel like the Disney magic was there? Slightly at a 60%, but not fully. I needed the ride. Yeah. I need to hear the rides going on. You could hear the difference. Like, sincerely, the, the ambient music they play, and I was like, man, this is really loud because you're not hearing the rides swooshing by to drown right. out some of that noise. So people screaming. It was like, man, and, and if, if they had no music, this place would be a ghost town. Mm-hmm. But It'd like, be eerie. Probably very eerie, I bet. Yeah. yeah. They did their best. They're having like floats out and having characters that are socially distanced, photo op. So that that's still that was still pretty cool. I actually made it on the Disney Parks blog Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, I <laughs> nice, was saying hi to Joy and I got caught up like, oh, who took that picture of me? <laughs> nice, nice. Now, have you also been to uh Universal City Walk since they've reopened for something similar or just to Disney so far? We just came back from uh, Taste of Universal. I think it was last week. Yeah, last week. Yeah, we I think we have, we have that video up on our YouTube channel. That, and that was actually, I was actually more excited for that event than I was for A, A Touch, Touch of Disney. Disney. It was really more. Why is that? Why is that? Why were you more it was excited? Fre- it was all fresh. I had never been to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. You know, there's a lot of, I hadn't been to this park in, let's say, a good five or six years. Oh, Wow. So when I went, I was like, whoa, this park's like the first half of it is cool. I recognize. But then I'm like, whoa, where, what happened to Terminator? What happened to Batman? Universal has changed a lot. And what happened exactly. to Back to the yeah. Future with hate, Simpsons I, now and I, so I many it. changes going on. So, <laughs> um, Yeah, Universal has changed a lot. I mean. Certainly, Universal uh, there in, in Hollywood has changed. I've been to Universal in Hollywood many times uh, in recent years, and it's changed a lot. But 
Orlando has changed dramatically too. And we'll, we'll probably be talking more about that later. But I also want to mention, uh, uh, Fernie, I can re- relate excuse me, to something you mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, as I was talking about earlier, before we started recording, I used to live in Southern California and used to go to the parks there all the time. Uh, one of the reasons why I went to Universal and Disney all the time, besides going with my friends and my family for dedicated Disney days or even staying overnight, uh, even though, you know, even living in Southern California, sometimes it's nice to stay in one of the hotels and not have to worry about driving home and dealing with traffic okay. and so forth. Yeah. But besides those uh, times, um, I, when I still lived in Southern California, but before moving to Florida here almost three years ago, the job I had, uh, you know, right before moving up until moving and for a good five, six years before moving uh, was one where I was based in San Diego. That's where I lived, but I was visiting customers all the time, whether it be in San Diego. Okay. No big deal there, but also all over Orange County, LA, uh, Ventura County. I was going up there all the time. And sure, me, a theme park guy, what am I going to do? Because I could choose my own hotels within reason. You know, I would stay at the Sheridan right there in Harbor Boulevard when I had to be in, in, in the, you know, Irvine area, Anaheim area, Orange County. If I was, it had to be in North LA visiting customers like UCLA, USC. Yeah, you bet. I would stay at the Universal uh, Sheridan because I get good rates there. And what am I going to do when I'm staying at those hotels at night? Yeah, like you're talking about, not say going to do rides, but I'm going to, you know, because I'm, I'm on an expense account for work, I'm going to go in the parks and have a nice meal because that's my meal for the day. And I, I've worked all day and my company's paying for my meal. It's all in the up and up. And I, I've even saved up, uh, you know, for those days when I, you know, I knew I was going to be going to Disney, for example, and I made reservations and I didn't have much for breakfast or lunch so that I could go to Blue Bayou for dinner and company paid all of it because I had my 75 bucks reserved for the day. That's uh, our favorite I, restaurant. Blue Bayou. Oh, I love Blue Bayou. About Blue Bayou. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had to stop you there. Blue Bayou. My God. No. Oh my sure, goodness. Sure. I love that. That's my, that was my bucket list place to eat. When we started going nice. back to Disneyland, I'm like, oh, we got to eat there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Made it there. It was, it's like the best. It's so dope. That's out of awesome. all the years, I love, I love hearing that. Out of out of all the years I've been going to Disney, I think I've been to Blue Bayou like twice. But every time I go, it's been the best experience, best food. Um, always love the steak <laughs> that I've always had on turf oh, yeah. and turf, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, awesome. That's awesome. And that that uh, Louisiana lemonade and the the biscuits and the I love that place. I miss it. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I said, I would I would go there at night after working a long day and uh, sometimes a grueling day and tough day and just being in, in that environment, you know, not on a ride necessarily, but just inside there with that environment, like you're in the bayou there in Louisiana, so relaxing and hearing the crickets and, and seeing the people going by in the boats and the amazing food and the great lighting. That's relaxing. I mean, that's that magic right there without even being on a ride. So, and quite frankly, I, you know, I love Disney world. And we'll be talking about other Disney parks later, but Blue Bayou is one of Disneyland's advantages over Disney World. There's nothing quite like Blue Bayou in Disney World. So you guys are lucky to, to yeah, I, I bet you're planning on getting in there. Like you said, a bucket list for the coming back to the parks, making reservation whenever you can, at, you know, once the parks reopen for April 30th, right? Sincerely, like when, when we went back to touch at Disney, when, when all this went down with all this pandemic that went down, it was on my birthday in March. That's when, and so we went to, we went to a Pixar lounge. We had dinner for my birthday. Okay. One year later, bang, we're back at Pixar. We're back at Pixar lounge. Nice. We're back there for my birthday. We're sitting almost at the exact same places. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Dude, awesome. We're back here. It, was, it, felt, it was, felt really special for us. Yes. To be there. That's awesome. That's yeah, really having, cool. Yeah, having the nice. uh, lobster nachos. <laughs> yes. the, the, I want to say the Lamplight Lounge is our second favorite restaurant and compared to the Blue Bayou, which is number one. And we nice. did. We had reservations and everything set up for March 20th of last year. And when the park announced... They were closing on the 13th. We both went to our bosses at work and we were like, we got to switch days. We got to take, we got to switch the Friday off before. And they were both like, we know, we know you're a Disney fan. Yes. (laughs) So it went and, but it was kind of, you know, it was kind of sad. We went to Blue Bayou and they were like, sorry, there's no available walk-in reservations. I couldn't get one online. And I was like, oh no. So then we went to Olga's Cantina in the late morning and then i said okay well let's do lamplight let's do the lobster nachos and it was just funny how it was like it's weird how it works this was the last restaurant we ate at before the pandemic happened and then this is the first one we're eating at again when they're slightly reopening it was it was sad (laughs) because the last day we were there the all the characters were on Main Street, waving bye to you, saying oh, hi. I cried for Uh-oh. so long right there. Some way to go back to this, because, hey, what's up? And say hi to us. <laughs> That's back. intense. That's, That's awesome. It's it almost was uh, not... I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was raining ahead, that whole... Ahead. It was raining that day. I remember I was holding on to this big umbrella all day, all day long. And at the end of the night, it must have been like 11, because the park closed at 12. I finally lost the umbrella one hour towards the park closing in the side, the pin trader store in frontier. Land. <laughs> so doing that, doing lamplight or your second favorite, you know, the, the last time you went before the, everything closed for the pandemic. And then right when you went back, uh, I was going to say like poetic justice, but that didn't quite sound right to me. Maybe like a theme park karma right there that you oh, wound up at that same place, you know, going back. Um, so let's let's uh, continue our, our uh, deep dive here. So uh, we talked about theme park magic, and you know, it's having maybe sixty percent there with Taste of Disney and so forth. But obviously, you can think back to what things were like before the pandemic, and perhaps think to how things are going to be as we start to move out of the pandemic, and and the new normal is hopefully pretty close to the old normal. But that's another story. But let's talk about when you are immersed in that magic again at Disney or at Universal, how has being immersed in that magic made a difference in your lives? Do you have any specific examples or thoughts or feelings you can share? Well, I want to say even just going back to Universal last weekend, I am a huge Harry Potter fan. And just going to the Wizarding World area and we went to the wand shop and he was like, just get a wand and you got to get the one you know, the one, the advanced one and everything. So I was like, okay, okay. And he doesn't know anything about it, about the Wizarding World. So he knows Star Wars. So I had to keep giving him examples and translating the Wizarding World to him in Star Wars language so he understood. So these (laughs) are the regular ones and these are the legacy ones. Yes. (laughs) So so Fernie, Fernie, when you did the wand shop over at at, at Wizarding World Harry Potter, did you do Mm. the experience part workshop? part where you go in or did you go straight to the shop no like i think they had the whole experience room just wide open they had both doors open you just walked oh. so uh, you could see you could see it but there was no experience you just you just buy one pretty much that's all it's there for yeah i was very i was very fortunate back in 2017 when i went to orlando to universal florida 
um, I went into the, I got to experience the, the wand shop and it was, I went right after hurricane Irma. So literally like the week, like I was there the day after the hurricane left, but when I went to universal, it wasn't busy at all. So when I got to do the experience, it was just me and four people that were in the room and the guy actually picked me. And I was like, Oh my God, the guy actually picked me for the wand. So no, it the turns wand out, picks you. I hear the wand picks you. Turns out I ended up getting the, the Harry Potter wand. Nice. <laughs> this nice. is the one that worked for me. So I ended up buying it and it sits here in my office. So, so I'm going to, and this, I have a feeling this is not going to be the only spicy take I'm going to mention here on this particular episode, but Ooh. you know, since we, since we've came up with uh, talking about Harry Potter. So I, I'm a much bigger Star Wars fan than I'm a Harry Potter fan. No question, without a doubt. I'm a bigger Marvel fan than I am a Harry Potter fan. You probably know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I saw your R2-D2. Of course, this is a podcast. So we, you know, the listeners can't see what we're seeing right now. But, but lo and behold, that, uh, that Fernie and D, they have a, a, a really cool R2-D2 on the shelf. And they're bringing something over here. What, they, oh, it's there. what do you got there? Oh, see, okay. Yep. Yep. Speaking of Star Wars. So again, bigger Star Wars fan, bigger Marvel fan, but I love Galaxy's Edge. No question. And I believe that Rise of the Resistance is the best dark ride on the planet. Absolutely. But in terms of just enjoying the lands, walking around, the interactivity that you can have, I think Harry Potter has nailed it. Universal's nailed it with the Wizarding World, with the wands, and just with the level of detail. Whereas Disney, I think with some last minute budget cutting where they cut out the droids and you can't really interact with the land so much other than the play app. I think that's what's, that there's some magic. Speaking of what we're talking about in the podcast today, there's some magic missing. What do you guys think about that? Now, I know you have not really experienced a Fernie and D Harry Potter, and that's something you got to do, but that's something, you know, you can do eventually after the pandemic. But what do you think about what you know about the Wizarding World at Universal Parks versus you guys have experienced i'm assuming galaxy's edge what is your thought on what i just mentioned oh yeah we have experienced both have we we have experienced both and after having the interactive one i feel like there was more magic in the wizarding world than compared to galaxy's edge because honestly the only thing we had that could interact in galaxy's edge was our droid when yeah. we walk around no. and it only you books. know it only does interactions <laughs> with depending on what part of the land you're in or when you cross the droids. But that's really it besides the app. And when you're using the app, every time we would use it, it would drain our battery. It would crash. There was always something going on. I thought it was neat that you could use the app to make like the lights and like the steam go off on the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. On the ships and everything that make them light up. But that was really the only things I enjoyed using on the app. But at the Wizarding World, there was more multiple areas to use your wand, and you saw you don't something need a phone. magic. You don't need a phone. You, just you don't need them. a phone. Yeah, and you don't have yep. to worry yeah. about your wand running out of battery. <laughs> it doesn't die. You know, just clean off the lens at the end, the and, wand, and you're good. The wand's very cool. How the technology works, and you don't need any batteries. I need batteries for my lightsaber. Right. Need- yeah. Right. Why droid. I experienced uh, Savvy's workshop and I got my lightsaber from Galaxy's Edge on when I had reservation, but my batteries are already have died on it. I've only turned mm-hmm. it on a few times. So it's like, oh my goodness, I haven't 
I haven't activated it that much and the battery died. So I'm like, I need to replace it. So, but anyway, for D, you do have a special, you, you have another person on your team with you, with us today. And uh, I want to make sure <laughs> she's in on it, but uh, we got, we got your, we got Sarah on here. Hi, Sarah. Hello. So I know the three Hi, of you Sarah. do a lot of videos together, you know, with, and, uh, you know, I want to make sure I want to make sure you're in on this, too, because there's for those that are listening, there's actually five of us here on the podcast right now. So, yeah, and a little larger than usual. Just to clarify, by the way, for an E&D, I, I realize you have been to the listening world, but here's a recommendation to you. Two things. First of all, as David was alluding to, and I've done it as well, um, you didn't get to experience the the uh, wand shop in terms of going in and the, and the show experience that they have. So even though you have your wand already. Mm-hmm. do it again when you, when the, whenever they have that after the pandemic or maybe in May when they reopen, whenever it is, um, do it again. And the other thing to do is you guys, of course, need to come here to Orlando because you haven't been to the parks here. Bring your wand oh, and yeah. it, it works. Yeah. And, and it, it won't just work mm-hmm. in Hogsmeade. It'll work in, in Diagon Alley as well. You have so many opportunities to use oh, that I, wand I, here. Yes, you about I, was, that? I wanted to go. I was really kind of... I don't want to say disappointed, but I was. Where's the my, rest of it? <laughs> my, I guess my intentions, my expectations were so high. I was like, "Where's the dragon statue with the blind fire? You know, where's Dagon Alley?" I um, expected more, but I yeah. guess I kept watching so and seeing things from the Florida park, not realizing. Was, yeah. yeah, but it was, it was still, cool. it was still, still very cool. yes, very. Yeah. Cool. I enjoyed yeah. it. Well, but yes, as, we as do the... want to plan to go over there eventually to Florida. Definitely, definitely. I highly recommend it. Um, the Universal Parks here in Florida are so much better than Hollywood. The only thing we're missing is the tram tour, which is amazing. I love the tram tour in Hollywood, but there's so much more here. Hagrid's and all the coasters and all, all of the, the shows and the food, the dining options and all that. But, um, you know, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Um, uh, you know, and, and by the way, the dragon is amazing. Diagon Alley and all that is it's great. Now, the supposedly... <laughs> You know, the, the, there's a famous saying that's what I was starting to get to. The, there's a famous saying from Walt that Florida, he went to Florida, did the Florida project, as was called initially, because the blessing of size, because land is so much cheaper here. It had been developed to the degree that California, you know, had, land had been developed. So the parks here are much bigger. There's more space to expand. And Diagon Alley, you know, they're able to do that. They had to take Jaws out to do it, which is unfortunate, but Diagon Alley is amazing. Yeah. Um, there are rumors that Diagon Alley may be coming to Hollywood where they're going to kind of fit it in there somewhere, I think on the upper lot, but who knows? I think, um, yeah, well, we'll see what happens, but there's a big shift going on between Warner brothers and universal right now, because Warner brothers here in Burbank is building a huge, they took over the former NBC studio lot. And they're building this massive skyrise uh, skyscraper, and they're moving the Western Ranch studio lot off of Hollywood Way, just by Warner by the original Warner Brothers. They're moving that all over to the former NBC lot. Now that means that Warner Brothers is going to be selling their Western Ranch studio lot, which heard rumors that Universal might be looking to purchase that property and if they do they would probably most likely be moving a lot of their production stuff over there and then that would give the park more space to be able to expand the park 
So hopefully that we'll see what happens, but it's probably in the next couple of years. We'll see what happens. So, yep. Yeah. I think that, I think there's going to be some action there because especially with what Disney's doing, which we're going to, we're going to talk about later, some things that Disney is up to as well there in California, but uh, let's continue with our discussion of magic here. So Fernie D and Sarah as well, please feel free to join in. Um, perhaps each of you could answer this question individually. What has been your most magical moment uh, at a Disney or Universal Park, whichever one has been more magical for you. What 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 has been that moment? Tell me about that. Mm, me and D were we were we were thinking about this hard earlier because we were like, what is, what is our magical moment there? Like we we've had so many already, like with cast members and stuff like that. And I really think it's the, our magical moments are like the times we we're we're just sitting there, and a, a cast member will come up and just talk to us and just tell us something, you know. And kind of give us like the four one one or something like that, or you know, we're, we're, or we're just kind of like looking. They'll give us like a special little button or something, something like something like that, something that they have in their pocket. You know, those are like the little itty bitty little magical moments that we really enjoy about being at Disneyland. They they have good employees. They yeah, really like some employees. like with the buttons. I remember there was a time where, okay, whenever their new movies would come out and premiere they would hand out that button at the gate for the day yeah and I, yeah and i remember one time we missed it and we showed up to the park late in the evening and we were at stage door oh, yeah. cafe and the cast members were wearing them and i had just mentioned saying oh we came too late we just missed them and literally they took them off their shirt and they gave it to us so we're like really and oh. like really are you sure and they're they like yeah like, you no, guys can have them you, you know, can have them you guys missed it we don't worry, we'll find one later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the people That's that are, awesome. You know, th things like that are like really kind of like heartwarming, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, that's that's definitely worth my my price of admission right there. I really the enjoy. Yep, Sorry, go ahead. I, go ahead. when go ahead. we would go early in the morning, I really enjoy the cast members. You know, they're not going to you can't do it anymore with the pandemic, but they would all wear their Mickey gloves and wave you on Main Street yep. and they wanted a high five from you. And I would always yep. go like he already knew I would be walking on the left side and he already knows what I'm going to do. I walk on the other side of him and he already knows I already know what you're going to do. I go down. I like to high five them all. You know, uh, you get them all. Good morning. You know, it's it's just I don't know that morning vibe that they welcome you. Oh, the morning vibe. You know, like, even the janitorial people—they're just standing there with the Mickey gloves. The cast members that would work the merch stores—they're all just right there. How are you doing today? Even for the rides, because I'm a type of person on certain rides, I have to sit in certain areas, either in the front or the back. And when sure, you're nice sure. enough and you ask them, can we please wait for the front? Can we please wait for the back? No problem. And they tell you to wait. Okay, so how's your day going? Oh, it's okay. You know, I like Chit -chat to hear about you. their day. We would recognize a handful of cast members all the time. You I know, I remember there was a gentleman that worked at Big Thunder Mountain. Well, that's one of our favorite rides. And he would wear glasses and he would recognize us. You guys are here. We're back. Yeah. You know, it was nice that some of the cast members remembered us, recognized us, even the yeah. characters. They get really into it. I remember when Captain Marvel came out, that was one of the habits we were doing. It's because they had a Captain Marvel. And she would always tell us, you guys are my favorite couple that come and always say hi to me. And I would tell them, she remembers us. I'm like a right. kid. She remembers us. I don't know if they actually do remember you, but the way they talk to you and the way the 
the thing they say make you feel like, oh, okay. no, she she even remembered because I told her, I, I said, remember when we came on opening day and I wanted you to I asked you to hold the Captain Marvel button. They were handing out that she's like, I remember. And I told you I could hold it for you and oh, you yeah. had to hold it like they remember. Well, it was it was nice. They're very good. They're very so good. you. So you had some of these experiences during the Taste of Disney. Is that correct? Because you said opening day. Pandemic. I think this was um these are pre-pandemic, pre-pandemic stories yeah, Pre- like yeah. pre-pandemic happened. okay Disney was cool everything everybody was nice everybody, everybody was still happy to see us at the parks when we walked in mm-hmm. you know, but from a in, distance yeah you know from a distance yeah you know, he's like hey that's that's enough <laughs> yeah gotcha okay interesting sarah is there anything you want to share any any magical experiences i think mine have just been like when i've gone with like a group of friends like going with Fernie and Dee and then, you know, uh, my daughter and just us having fun and going and, you know, the cast members always staying higher when you've got your birthday button on every, they're all super sweet. You are constantly like all day long getting uh, birthday wishes or like, I remember when Sierra was small and we got her a princess uh, ears uh, set. And it has like the flowing uh, veil in the back. Then, you know, they walk by and they're like, happy birthday, princess, or, you know, hi, princess, or stuff like that. Like, that makes your day. Like, I know it's part of what they have to do being cast members, but. Exactly what to say, though. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're not, they just have to to, um, acknowledge the fact that you're wearing it. Or that you have a button on or something, but it's the way that they say it and their the emphasis on how they say it. Like it just, I think it's it, it's awesome, and you know, there's like specific rides, and we'll get onto that later. That I like going on, but I'm like, D, I like being there. I was never the person who wanted to be there when the gates opened. Fernie and D turned me into that person. Like I remember one time we went. And we spent, I think it was like all day Saturday. And they're like, okay, friends, we'll see you tomorrow. And I was like, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. Guess who was at the park before them? That was me. (laughs) He really didn't think that I was going to, mind you. I've joined you many times on that. Yeah. And we live, (laughs) we live an hour and 20, 30 minutes north of the park. Fernie and D are only 30 minutes from the park. So <laughs> yeah, I text him oh, and I was like, "Where are you?" And he goes, "I'm." Oh, oh, oh you're serious about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. So I mean, ever <laughs> since then, we've always been there yeah. early. You know, um, oh, go ahead, Andrew. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, you guys made me think of you know all of us here, all five of us here in this podcast. Yes, this is Coaster Challenge, and a lot of what Coaster Challenge is about, given especially our previous podcast episodes and our, and our videos on our YouTube channel, is about coasters and thrill coasters and, and so forth. But all of us on this podcast, and probably Iva as well, you know, big fans of Disney. And so I love hearing this. And I got to say, you know, we were dedicated. You guys are talking about getting there at Rope Drop. Um, probably my most dedicated experience ever with involving something like that with Disney was my buddy and I here in Orlando, December 5th, 2019, back in the good old days before the pandemic, we were there at Hollywood studios at four in the morning 
at at the toll plaza, the parking you know toll plaza there, to get into that lot, lined up, uh, waiting, so we could park and run over to the front gates and scan our fingerprints and our magic pants, you know, annual pass holders, and get into that park and get our boarding passes for Rise of the Resistance. And we succeeded in that mission, by the way. We were both uh, two of the first uh, members of the public to ride it on opening day, December 5th. And you know what? That was pretty magical. <laughs> but that takes dedication. You know, waking up early, I get it. You know, what you like you guys are talking about. Exactly. David, yeah. <laughs> exactly what we're talking about. Yes, talking about dedication. Let's see. For us... First of all, when those reservations came out for Galaxy's Edge, I was at yep. work and I was on my mobile phone and I was on the work computer and I had told them at work, you can't disturb me for the next 30 minutes. My phone's on hold. I, I can't. I need to do something. Back off. And I was <laughs> I was able. I was lucky enough. I had two screen names um, oh, yeah. on the Disney app that I was able to get two reservations. And one of them was for. One. Opening day, opening morning at 8 a.m. I don't know how I was looking oh. to get it. So we were there. Our, I remember our friend Juan was there at the park at 4 or 5 in the morning waiting in line. And already the line was to the monorail track from the gate. Like, oh, no. And it was raining. And we were like, oh, no, we're coming with the umbrellas and everything. And oh. we were there in the park. And it was such an anxiety intense oh, yeah. feeling the park okay so they had to let us in by like 6 a.m the sun was literally just coming up yeah. it was barely turning blue the and the it's line up. was all the way to the gates of dca and i had gone to the restroom wow. i remember asking a cast member um the line's almost to the gate what are you guys gonna do and she was freaking out we don't know yet <laughs> we are trying to figure it out we don't know yet I literally five minutes after I came back to the restroom and I got back in line with the boys, they had to let us in in the park. There were too many people in the Esplanade. Then, oh. then Main Street was full because they only let us go up to the hub <laughs> and it was all packed with people. Yeah, Everyone was in line at Starbucks. That was an I'll, I'll never forget that because three attempts I tried to get on Rise of the Resistance. And I got to thank you guys because you guys really helped me because I got to experience it right before the park closed from the pandemic. Oh, and man. I wow. could not get over yeah. my first attempt. I was literally at the center of the Walt Disney statue. Main Street, all around uh, Sleeping Beauty's Castle, was packed with people all on their cell phones at the same time. And when 8 o'clock came, it was like everybody was processing at the same time. And you would hear people cheering in far distance that they got a reservation and all this stuff. And <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. But speaking back back to what you guys were discussing about magical moments. So um, the, there is one special magical moment that I got to experience in the Disney experience. And that was when I went to Disney World for the very first time. Because when you go to a Disney park for the first time, they give you that first visit button. So I was, uh, they gave me that button. And when I visited Hollywood Studios, and that was my very first visit. And when I walked into the gate, my buddies Ted and Rolando were already in the park. They were like heading toward uh, Star Wars, um, the um, Star Tours, because Galaxy's Edge wasn't open yet. Um, I get through the gate and they had us all stop because they do a Star Wars show over at the, the Hollywood or the, we call it the, uh, the theater. In the man's Chinese theater. Yeah. Yes. Chinese theater. yeah so yeah. every couple of hours, the stormtroopers will march down oh, yes. the main street to the theater. 
Well, I'm standing there as the troops were, the stormtroopers were coming through. One stormtrooper saw my first visit button and he pointed at me and says, you, you're now part of the first order. You're to march with us. And I got to march with the stormtroopers all the way down the main street, all the way to the theater, which that's what I like about the Disney uh, magical moments is that they, they do include people into the experience. And I, I, that was a very special moment. I'm glad I had my cell phone out. I actually videotaped myself marching with the stormtroopers, which is a good, good memory. I'll never forget that one. So how awesome, David, I didn't realize you had that. I know of those experiences. I know of people, not myself, but others that have gone through that, but you were chosen in the wand shop in wizarding world at universal. You were chosen to be to be a prisoner and marching with the stormtroopers at Hollywood Studios. Wow, you got some luck there. You got some karma going for you. I love it. Well, here's a word of advice. If there's a hurricane coming to Florida, make sure you book <laughs> your trip at directly after the hurricane leaves because that's when the parks are dead and you can actually I actually had Magic Kingdom all to myself. There was only 50 people the next day after Irma left. The parks opened immediately. Oh cool. And I got to Marathon Space Mountain marathon haunted mansion um pirates the only rides i didn't get to experience because of damage was jungle cruise and splash mountain those were the only two shut down everything else was open and there was barely anybody in the park and i got to at least got to say i got to enjoy magic kingdom practically to myself that's very rare for anybody with disney I'll tell you. <laughs> That's awesome. So Fernie D and Sarah, you one of the things you guys mentioned, which I think is interesting, and with our last question about uh, the most magical moment you've ever experienced, it wasn't, you know, this amazing dark ride, you know, Rise of the Resistance or, you know, or Pirates, which is amazing at Disneyland or, you know, uh, um, Space Mountain or any of these amazing attractions or even a certain restaurant or a show. It was about the people. And it doesn't surprise me at all. And, you know, I wasn't testing or anything. You know, I just want to see where you guys are coming from. <laughs> but it does not surprise me at all as someone who's been to, well, actually every Disney park on the planet at this point, something that I'm very proud of and I feel very fortunate for. And I've seen that magic at parks all over the world. Um, in, in, in certain cases, some more magic even, say, in Japan than here in the U.S., um, but it's, it, like you said, it's the passion of the cast members mm-hmm. and I really hope and pray because, you know, a serious moment here, we are here end of March of 2021 at the, hopefully the sunset of this pandemic, you know, it's been a, over a year now that all of these cast members that you guys are going to start seeing, uh, probably, or hopefully here in a little more than a month. Uh, a few of which you already started seeing at the Taste of Disney, but seeing when the parks are fully open again with the attractions open and so forth, that these these cast members, they've been out of work for a year and maybe some of them have gotten other jobs or done gigs or whatever, but these people have been under tremendous stress. And I just hope that they you know, can bounce back and I feel awful for what they've been through with the economy and everything, but hopefully they can continue to deliver that magic because it's not automatic. Yes, they're supposed to, as you guys said, they're supposed to deliver that magic. That's how they're trained. Doesn't mean they're gonna. They're people. 
and they they are you know limited by their emotions and their own emotional challenges and anxieties and depressions and so forth so hopefully that magic will continue and maybe you guess being there you know they're not going to see your smiles unfortunately because the masks are on but the, you know they can sense the energy and the excitement and other ways people jumping around and running and whatnot so hopefully they will feed off of the excitement of you guys and, and thousands of thousands of other people that have not been able to be in the parks there in Anaheim and California in general for the past year that hopefully you guys will feed off of each other and just have this nice positivity and that magic will, will start up again. So we can hope. I'm um, pretty sure. Yeah. And I feel, I want to say, I guarantee there's going to be that magic there from the cast members. They do make sure. it. And I want to say how there's examples for it. So our friend Monica, you know, and Beeves, we have friends that work there and they miss it. They say, we can't wait to go back. We miss the people. We miss the guests. They're excited nice. to go back to work. So, you know, they're going to bring that magic. That day when we first went back, when downtown Disney opened and we were in line on the harbor side right. and I was in line by myself because Fernie and Juan went to go get some coffee and something to eat across the street at Denny's. The gentleman in line in front of me was a cast member and started oh, talking yeah. to me because I'm holding okay. a camera. Hey, are you a YouTuber? Yeah, I'm a cast member. And no. And after talking to him, this gentleman missed working at the park, saying he was just there a couple weeks ago um, to get his like his anniversary pin. And they were introduced to the new tunnels that were right there on the harbor side. And he was showing me and he was just like, I can't wait to come back. I'm here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was when Buena Vista Street opened yeah. because he was like, um, he was by himself and he's like, I'm just here to see my friends that I miss working with. <laughs> That's why he was there. And he's all nice. And we kept running into him and he and I would say, hey, how's your day really going? Nice. It's going great. I've seen my friends. I miss some of them. You know, I, I, I <laughs> he's he would say he's there's a habit. You get used to seeing the same people at work all the time. And now he was like, and now we just trickle and you're kind of seeing who's still here. Yeah. But he, both of, just hearing from all the cast members that we know, they miss it. You know, that magic's going to be there and they do bring it. You know, there's a you know it's gonna be there because they their magic. It's there for them, for us. Yeah. So, I mean, they miss us. We miss them. It's a mutual thing. It'll it'll right. be come back. Mm-hmm. We all get back to the parks, and we would yeah, recognize like, yeah. cast members there too. Like there was the one named Steve that was always at the Disneyland Railroad, and I remember whenever the when the dinosaurs went under construction for a long time, mm-hmm. and he held a little pocket wheel with the dinosaurs, and he would tell us, "You want me to show you the dinosaurs? I know they're they're sleeping right now, but I'll show you." And he would pull out this little wheel with the dinosaurs. Okay, there you go. He's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and he would make the noise, the music. Some of our, some of funny, I remember the joke was they were on spring break or something like that something when like they that. were doing the they construction. The covers on. You know, we would see the same girls. What was her name? I'm starting to forget their name, and I would always remember the names. Um, Tracy, Gracie, I forget. But we love driving the Disneyland transportation vehicles on Main Street right there. And we would recognize them and we would walk down and they would be driving. We would say hi. You know, you, we would see the same cast members and just ask, how's your day? How's your week? Because we would go every Saturday, every Saturday for sure. And then when we get a chance, we'll go another time during the week. But you see the same people. 
and it was just nice. How's your day going? They bring the magic. How we missed How you. Awesome. Yes. How awesome. You know, and like you said, Fernie, and this is kind of what I was, I was bringing up earlier is that, you know, you guys want the magic and, and, and the cast members want to deliver the magic. There's a synergy. It's a symbiotic relationship. And so, you know, like you said, you know, it sounds like from these, these small experiences you've had and the taste of Disney and Buena Vista Street and so forth, that you're already seeing it and these people can't wait to get back to work. And I think that's, that's all awesome. So uh, this actually kind of relates to my next question. You kind of touched upon it, but maybe you have some other thoughts. So my next question was, you know, what are your thoughts about the parks reopening? And what I mean by that is not we've already experienced. I mean, reopening at what, 15 to 25% as they're planning with attractions coming up here starting April 30th and right around that time as well for Universal. So, you, you know, e either Universal or Disney, what are your thoughts on these parks finally reopening in a semblance of what they used to be something that we've been waiting for a long for a whole year for them to open now we're ready for them and now we're kind of like a little standoffish because we don't know what's going to happen nobody at disneyland has any passes right now we don't know what the whole pass situation is going to be is it going to be affordable is it going to be something we're going to be is it going to be worth it are we are we going to be able to go as much as we used to go when the park was open. And are there going to be monthly pans or is it just going to be pay up front? We don't know yet. Those are the things that determine whether or not we're going to Disney or not. Yeah. Well, yes. So my thought for what it's worth and, you know, David and I, we talk a lot and I, I have a lot of theme park buddies, you know, here in Florida and just remotely, you know, I talk via text or phone or, or whatnot. Um, Disneyland and Disney world are obviously very different. Disneyland, one of the ways it's very different is it has a huge, loyal, fervid uh, local pass holder base there in California, Southern California even, whereas Disney World has a much smaller local pass holder base and pass holder base in general, even though Disney World has a much larger capacity, you know, COVID or not. So Disneyland has a huge challenge ahead of it. And I think that's probably why they canceled all these passes in preparation to reopen because reopening at 15, 25%, even bumping up to 35 or however they're going to go up, they can't handle the pass holders. So, you know, you, obviously you guys are going to have a park pass reservation system, you know, very similar to what we have here. My guess is initially there aren't going to be passes. You guys are just going to you know, have to buy tickets. That's my guess. So, I mean, would you, yeah, so let, let's, let's do it. Let's play a little theoretical, what would you do game? Let's imagine that what I just said is basically true. And I, I don't have any inside information. I'm just guessing. And we're talking about the same ticket prices, which is what, like one park per day, you know, it's to one, one day ticket. It was, I think around 150 or so. And then it's 25 bucks more, 50 bucks more, even for a, for a park hopper for one day. Would you guys you know, be willing to do that, assuming you can get a reservation to get into the parks? Would you pay a one-day ticket? I mean, I think we would pay probably pay a one-day ticket for the first day, the opening day that they reopen. But I don't right. see ourselves going, like, every single weekend like we used to for, you know, what whatever the ticket's going to be, you know. That's going to be... Oh, yeah. It's going to get expensive real fast. Mm -hmm. And then plus oh, yeah, parking, of you don't have any parking anymore. So now it, it, it you know, that's all that extra funding that you're not used to paying up front going to the park. Exactly. Honestly, honestly, when we would go, everything would be paid for. And whenever we would walk into the park, whatever money we have, that was our spending money because our pass right. is already paid for. We had the yeah. pass, pass system. We had the photos, everything we need. 
you know. So and now you got to go with more out of pocket the same day. And as of right now, it's 104 and it's only going to be one park one day. We won't won't have the joy of being able to go to like, you know, we can go over and have breakfast over at uh, what's that cafe that we like eating at the end of Main Street? Yeah, on Coronation Cafe or Main Street. Yeah. And then, you know, going over for like mid-afternoon dinner time, going over to Lamplight and having lobster nachos. Um, We won't have that freedom. And that part, as much as I hate to say the word, it sucks because you know, yeah, you can spend a whole day in Disneyland and have a great time, but there's that part that's like, I want to go ride over at California Adventure. I want to go get on the Incredicoaster, or I want to go do uh, a time slot over at uh, Soaring Around the World, or, you know, just something else just to break up only being in one park. Or and we won't have by, that option. Yeah, like like what I normally did at Disney, like I would go to both parks that day, go ride the rides I want to ride. A lot of times, like I'll go to Storyteller Cafe over at the Grand Californian and I'll either go there for its breakfast or sometimes I'll go for the dinner buffet because I'm able to leave the park, go outside, get something nice, still get the discount with the annual pass. And then I can just hop right back from the hotel entrance right back into Disney's California Adventure. But I feel like if you can't get a day ticket to get in the park, you know, the only options you have is the downtown district, Disney district and the hotel restaurants just to go and just enjoy the, that area like city walk at universal. But I just, I don't know. It's like, and I was listening on the news recently, they're saying chances of getting t- day tickets to Disneyland is going to be nearly impossible because so many people are going to be fighting to get tickets to go with there. So I don't know what Disney's going to be before. There was rumors of a membership program. I don't know if that's going to be like what Six Flags is trying to do, you know, with, with their membership program, but I just can't see that happening. And I just don't see annual passes coming back anytime in the future right now. So. Or at least in the near future, near future, uh, limited capacity and annual passes at Disneyland is very different than limited capacity and a much smaller annual pass holder base at Disney World. You've got more parks. The parks are bigger. They can handle more people at the limited capacity. So I think for Disneyland or Universal, you know, for, for the Southern California highly themed parks, Universal and Disney, given their size and given how limited they're going to be as far as how many people they can have, you know, 15 to 25% they're talking about initially, pass holder, you know, having an annual pass holder program and that limited capacity, those two are competing they they cannot get along with each other they don't you know they can't exist together yes i should say and so again my thought is at least initially no one's gonna have a pass and they're gonna it's basically gonna be like a lottery system to get a day ticket and get a park pass reservation um yeah that's my guess that's my guess and uh, you know yeah and you know i i hear you guys you go on every weekend you know i used to go there all the time i lived in, in southern california um I know of people, I know of this guy, huge Disney fan, crazy Disney fan. You may have heard of this guy. I, don't remember, I can't remember his name. He, he, he blings up the mouse ears with all these crystals and stuff. He is literally in the Disney parks, every, in Disneyland and California Adventure, every single day. Only time he's not there, because he usually doesn't have the top tier pass, the, uh, I guess, the premiere, um, is he would not be there between Christmas and New Year's during the blockout dates during the holidays. 
Mm-hmm. And he and he would actually tell me, speaking of kind of the things we talked about on this show, on this podcast, he has told me when I was hanging out with him that he would get depressed during that one or week or so time period because he's used to going to Disney every day. Now he's not there all day because he's got, he has a day job, but he'll go there for, you know, after work. Like I was talking about when I'd be up there and I'd stay at a hotel locally and I'd go in there and go to Blue Bayou, maybe, maybe ride a ride or something. Those kinds of experiences where you just go in for a few hours, that's not going to happen in the near future. It's going to be a dedicated day. And, you know, people may have to take off time from work because I bet, you know, a reservation on a Monday or Tuesday is going to be much easier to get than a Saturday or Sunday. Um, and my, my advice to you guys is think, you know, I don't know how, what kind of work, what kind of jobs you have, you know, if you have, hopefully you can save up, been saving up vacation time. I'm guessing if you have vacation time, you've not been using much in the past year. So, you know what, use that vacation time, take that Monday off or whatever day it is, if it needs to, to get a, a park pass where you can get into Disney within the first few weeks, get that magic again. Cause you guys, we all need it. We all need the magic. And now myself, I've been very fortunate. I living here in Florida, not talking about politics here, but there've been very big differences about how the government reopened Florida versus how the government has been reopening California. Obviously our parks reopened here starting last summer. I didn't go to the parks for many months because I was concerned about COVID. And as the parks proved themselves with the masks, with the social distancing, people are not getting COVID in any major way by going to theme parks. People I've heard this again and again, theme parks are safer than grocery stores. And you know what? I've been to SeaWorld. I've been to Universal. I've been to Disney here in Florida since the pandemic. And those people are right. It is safer than grocery stores because they're, they're the cast members, the team members, the ambassadors, as the case may be, they police the parks. They make sure people are, are not staying big crowds. They make sure people are keeping their masks on and, and staying apart in the queues and so forth. Uh, and, and various other passive things have been done. You know, the plexiglass between rows on certain ride vehicles and sh- keeping certain rows empty in shows and all this stuff adds up um, and so forth. And, and yeah, I have experienced it. We're talking about magic. So the last comment I'll say here is say, for example, Disney. I've been back to Disney uh, one day since the pandemic. It was great. Went to Hollywood Studios, Road Rise the Resistance, did some other rides, grabbed uh, um, uh, some nice, you know, some, uh, lunch, um, Ronto Wrap, one of the awesome things at Galaxy's Edge. And it was all awesome. But one thing I noticed mm-hmm. is with everyone wearing their masks, that magic is somewhat missing. You don't see the smiles on cast members and guest faces. So you kind of miss that emotional aspect. Yeah, it was fun to ride those rides. And yeah, it was amazing to be in Rise of the Resistance again and to eat that awesome food and hear the music and smell the smells. And But there's a little bit of magic missing. Now, I'm not saying to not go to the parks, but I'm hoping that eventually as we really sunset this pandemic and we get to herd immunity end of this year, whatever it is, that maybe next this time next year, maybe we're not wearing masks anymore. Something like that. But anyway, so th- that's been my experience. I don't want to, you know, so, I mean, do you, if you guys have questions, you know, and this is an interview, I'm interviewing you guys, but, you know, if you guys have questions for me about what the experience has been like, because I've been through it at all the major parks here, you know, you know, do you guys have any questions you want to ask? I have one thing, I guess. How do you feel about the meet and greets with the characters now than yes. pre-pandemic? 
because honestly, I'm going to miss giving Mickey Mouse a hug. You know, I got to yeah. wave. I yeah. got to wave at him now. Like, you know, Fist that bump. little enjoyment, <laughs> you know, it, it was yeah. there. Yeah. So that's a really good question. So and I'm going to reflect as part of this on you guys in Disneyland. Um, I personally am not big myself on the meet and greets. But I have nieces and nephews that visit. We actually just had my niece and nephew were here last week. We didn't go into the parks because the family wasn't comfortable. They normally live in Texas. And they're like, no, let's not do the major parks this time, COVID. But normally, I remember taking him. He's a huge Star Wars fan, living still living in San Diego. We, we took him, uh, not the niece, but we took him, he's older, to Disneyland. And he met Darth Vader for the first time. And that was awesome. I mean, you know, the, all the interactions and the noises and he was mesmerized and, you know, those kinds of things are awesome and that's not happening right now. My big thing, uh, the parades are nice and yeah, the cavalcades, they're okay. Here's my big problem. I love the nighttime spectaculars. I live for them as the saying goes. Oh, and yeah, I mean, the ones we have here are good. I'm, you know, excited for harmonious and, you know, coming to Epcot, but my favorite, nighttime spectacular of all time. And this goes back to you guys is world of color. I miss world of color, not living in California anymore, but you guys are not going to get world of color. You get a DCA reservation, April 30th, world of color is not happening. And that sucks, but it it is a necessity because of crowds. So we're talking about magic here. The magic of the cast members will be there. You won't see their smiling faces. You know, you're going to hear the music. You're going to smell the smells through the mask. <laughs> um, you're going to, you know, experience the immersion of the lands and the rides. But you're not going to really interact with the characters. You're not going to see the parades coming through in that magical way with all the all the all the uh, parade floats one by one. You're not going to see the fireworks and the world of color and all these special, you know, uh, nighttime spectaculars. And so that does take away from the magic. I hated that I couldn't see any nighttime spectaculars when I went back to Disney in January. Um, does that mean not go to the parks again? No, I, I think you should go to the parks, but just have expectations a little bit lowered temporarily. It's not like they're gone forever. They're coming back. It's just, we got to wait a little longer. So speaking of coming back, you know, Disney, I guess we've, we all are aware of this, but Disney is really looking on to the future here. Oh my God, oh, yeah. I, I was shocked when I saw the news about the expansion over in Anaheim, the proposal, Disney oh, Forward. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. my God, yeah. you know, hooray, yeah. foul time. <laughs> yeah, Disneyland Forward, awesome news last week. Yeah. So I, I David and I have talked about this, and I want to get your your guys' input. That was one of, one of the things we want to talk about here on the list. I think that Disney decided to make this announcement now, and they were able to get to the point where they can make the announcement. Because the city council and the the politics there in the city of Anaheim, they have realized, oh, my God, Disney is the life of this city. Mm -hmm. Directly or indirectly, the parks themselves, the hotels, all the restaurants, without the parks open, none of them are in business. And Anaheim's like, oh, my God, we got to support Disney moving forward, not in in a better way than we have. So what what do you guys think? Yeah, They didn't realize how much they actually like relied on Disney. And what Disney brings to the city of Anaheim by being there, you know, they've been shut down. Like um, we were driving down last week when we went to touch Disney, we were driving down Harbor and 
what was it? Oh, the McDonald's that sits right there across from Disney. It has been closed since Oof. the pandemic wow. hit. They haven't opened it. Uh, not a lot of the hotels are have opened back up yet. Um, I, I mean, I can't even, I can't, I don't even think any of the hotels have opened up back up down there in Anaheim, even, you know, close by the, the resort. Yeah. Why would they? You know, There's no one coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, for somebody for myself who follows in local governments, especially here in California, I mean, for the past decade, um, many city council officials that have been elected on the Anaheim city council, were very anti-Disney. They were always campaigning against Disney and people are just so close-minded. They, or you could tell who has business economics experience and it's like (laughs) common sense, right? What, what's going to thrive a city main attractions, right? Okay. Yes. Anaheim has Anaheim angel stadium. Well, guess what? Baseball season only happens so many months out of the year. You know, they have the arrowhead, they have the mighty ducks and it's like, well, hockey is only a seasonal thing. Disney is a year round attraction that attracts people from all over, not just all over California, but internationally as well. Not as much as Orlando, but there were so many city officials that were so against Disney's proposals. Like that's why Disney shelf, the hotel project that they shut ESPN zone and rainforest cafe down. They had a, a bridge project to a parking, uh, parking structure. I think I uh, forgot the name of it. I don't know if you know about it, you know, the name of it, Fernie. The but, Eastern, uh, what's the, I think it's the Eastern gateway. I think is what they called it. Yeah. yeah. That was shelled because Anaheim said no, because the bridge they were proposing was going to bypass all the small businesses along Harbor Boulevard. So oh, yeah. that was, that was shattered, uh, shattered. So I think, yeah, it took the pandemic for because I guess if, if Disney's <laughs> closed, nobody's going to come to Anaheim. What are you going to go to Anaheim for? And or, that right. hurt every small business surrounding Disney. So I think it was a total wake up call to the city of Anaheim saying, hey, you know what? Disney actually does bring the tax revenue and brings the, the people into our city and helps the small businesses around the park. And I think all those city council members, I'm very passionate about it because when it comes to politicians, you know, it's like there's a lot of them that don't really understand how business works. And I'm a businessman. So it's like, you know, I'm a small business owner. It's like, yes, you need that attraction. So I hope the city of Anaheim has woken up. The mayor sure has. You saw the mayor standing at a hotel roof back during the pandemic and was complaining about being shut down at View California Adventure and was asking Newsom to come down and look at Anaheim. So, yeah, I hope that Anaheim plans on passing this project that Disney wants to do because Disney's looking onto the future. Now, after what Anaheim has done in the past, yeah, was Disney going to want to continue investing in Disneyland? What if they invested it all in Orlando, you know, like they've been? right. But no, Disney right. or even, or even they want to invest, you know, so hopefully right. Anaheim changes their tune and passes this project and gets things going because they're look Disney's looking to the future and the city of Anaheim needs to as well. Sorry if I'm a little passionate, you know, but, you know, no, just... I think that's great, David. And and, you know, David, as you know, as a close friend of mine. I try, and I, I've been facing some major personal challenges, as David knows, uh, starting January of this year. And even with those and other things in the past, I always look for the positive. I always try to focus on the positive, and that's what keeps me waking up each morning and not feeling depressed and, and so forth. And, that, and that's something that's, a, that's a, a skill that I've learned over the years. It's not easy. 
And let's talk, let's, I'm going to use that skill right here. And you, you know where I'm going with this already. Disneyland Forward, if there's any silver lining out of all these parks and hotels and restaurants and businesses, the whole city of Anaheim basically closed for the past year. California closed for the past year. If there's any silver lining for the context of us as theme park fans, it's that the city of Anaheim, the, the officials have woken up and realized, oh my gosh, we got to take care of this incredibly important resource sitting here between Catella and, and Harbor and Disneyland way, you know, the Disneyland property and, and, and California adventure. And I am really excited for Disneyland forward. So, um, so uh, you guys, what do you, what do you, any, any Fernie and D any, any thoughts, um, you know, certainly we could talk about some of the specifics of what Disneyland forward may turn out to be. What, what do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Man, that project looks, and I see some of the concept art for what they want to do with it. And it's like pretty much from the back of DCA to the back of Disneyland, it stretches that far out. It's a big piece of land. I feel like it's, they, they've been talking about the third gate for years and years and years and years. And finally, they're, it's a, it's a strategic move on their part. Like, look, the city of Anaheim's finally on our side. Let's use it now. Let's, let's make this third gate that people have been waiting for. Because you know this is this thing's this pandemic's almost over. People are ready to go to the parks. We're get, we already have of over fluctuation of pass holders and people that want to come, and we want to accommodate everybody because I feel that's the way Disney, that's the way Walt Disney would want to take care of his guests. That's that's the whole reason the whole park works, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at uh, you know, I've looked at the plans and I, I, I've sent David some maps and so forth that have come out after this announcement. Disney's being really smart. Because here's the reality of things. If you look back to DCA and what part of what had to happen for DCA to happen, it wasn't just the parking lot. They had to buy some other property and so forth to build Paradise Pier and, and Paradise Pier Hotel and whatnot. Disney is not doing what everyone thought they were going to be doing. I remember rumors from a couple of years ago where they were going to be going east of Harbor and all the, you know, the Denny's over there and Captain Kidd's Buffet and the little small little motels and buying all those out. And putting a third park over there with a bridge over to it and extending downtown Disney again eastward. That may eventually happen, by the way. But again, they've got to be conservative with money because they've been losing, hemorrhaging billions because of this pandemic. So they're taking existing property they have and just using every nook and cranny and taking out this parking lot, taking out this parking lot, and maybe buying a little bit of land to build a parking garage, a new one. But they're and they're not building a third park. It looks like there looks like they're going to extend Disneyland and California Adventure in creative ways, and expand the size of those parks and bring some new attractions that people really want from Disney Sea and from Shanghai Disneyland, and like you said, increase the capacity and bring in more money, and hopefully then jump from there into building a true third gate, maybe five, ten years from now, like has been rumored for years over on the eastern side there. But uh, what do you guys think about some of the attractions that are rumored? What, what, are you, what are you excited? What are you excited for? Yeah, I've seen some of the attractions. That they're going to have a lot of like uh, just like classic attractions with classic characters. Like the Neverland. Never's going to have Neverland, which yeah. is one thing that I'm really excited when I heard that. I'm like, dude, that's long awaited. Like you guys should have had a Neverland when the park opened in 55. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, but this will be cool. They probably have better technology. They could, they could present it better. There is, yeah, it's going to be crazy how it's going to how it's going to connect because I've seen that it's going to connect with California Adventure and it's going to connect with with Disneyland. So 
I don't know. I don't know how that's all going to work. Like, it's just, there's like too much. It's a very big piece of land to like, to like, maybe let them, like, to let me think that they're going to build all of that. I don't think so. I think maybe they're going to get like half of that done, you know, maybe not in the way it's presented though, but it's just a concept art, you know? But, or they could do it in phases. They could, in phases. I can't imagine they're going to expand um, both parks at the same yeah, time. Not just but. park attractions, but they're talking about more restaurants, more hotels. It's hotels. Like, it sounds like yeah. it yeah. sounds like the downtown Disney district is going to get expanded. And, you know, and I bet you they're going to be doing something where ESPN zone and the Rainforest Cafe area, that's all going to be probably redone as part of that project. Any mm-hmm. flat ground parking lot is going to be <sighs> gone and used. They're going to have to build another Mickey and Friends style garage, garage. You know, they already yep. built the uh, pixar and friends so he's hurting yeah. out because of that she doesn't like the park of the structure I, i'm like, not a structure person i'm a flatlander and i will miss my toy story parking, parking uh, lot garage. you know it, okay is that it, what's the issue what's what's your issue with parking garage it's just out of curiosity okay um crowded it's crowded it's very large when you park at the last row on a level it's far it's like a mile when you park in yeah. the last row at Toy Story, it's not far at all. Like you can still see your car right. when you get to your bus. And not only I've that, lost that car a couple times. We've lost the car. We couldn't remember what we parked in. You know, it would oh. really help if Disneyland added that on the app. You oh, know, yeah, that'd be the cool. parking structure, the character, the number, the letter, the spot that you were by. There was one time I think it took us 30 minutes to find the car. We heard it beeping. It was on the level below us, but we were by the edge <laughs> and we couldn't find. And ever since then, I was like, never again. We're doing the structure. Never again. You know, they, stressful. Yeah. you know what they <laughs> you know what they should have added when they built the Toy Story parking structure? And I've, I see them all the time when I go to airports, when I'm traveling the country. One of those flat ground escalators, move, people mover grounds where it's. Oh, yeah. 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 Put that between the parking spaces. So when you get out of your car, instead of having to walk that long distance, you just sit on this (laughs) conveyor belt and it just takes you automatically to the front. Mm -hmm. Telling you, you man, up there, David Cantu for mayor. We need to get that (laughs) going. Go to Disney, future project and parking structure. People moving. So so, uh, let's let's talk about a let's talk about a few more things. So let's uh, kind of we're talking about future and Disneyland forward and so forth, but. Let's talk about what we already have in the Disney Universal Parks. So for each of you guys, what is your favorite attraction? What's the one you want to get on the most? Yes, Big Thunder Mountain, baby. Big Thunder Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain is our traditional. Every time we go, we got to get on it. It doesn't matter if it's day or night, if it's raining and we get wet. And you must stare at the goat as you make the turn. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and we have to sit in the last row. I don't care if there's four trains, I will wait to the side. And the cast members will go like, all right, you're gonna wait. I know, I know. Okay. I know. I'm that I'm that person. I'm sorry, I have to wait for the last row. (laughs) And of course, preferably preferably we go. Preferably, we go on Big Thunder Mountain before we go eat at Zocalo. Yes. If yeah. we eat, if we decide to eat at Zocalo that day. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a bender. <laughs> it's a big, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I have a hard time with this because I don't I have a specific ride. Actually, no, I do. And I think it's just because I like trying to beat uh, D at it, which is 
Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. Pew, 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 pew. I want to try. I really, one day, I really hope to beat her score. But I haven't because I haven't gone on it enough. But if I had to choose one ride that I have to ride every time, it's that one or the Incredicoaster. I really like getting nice. that one. Oh, Incredicoaster, yes. I so, that would be mine. Go David, go David, if I was go to get David. back to Disney, Incredicoaster. That was the coaster that made me, uh, that broke my fears and got Coaster Challenge started. I went and on the I went on the Guardians with David and JD. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so nice. Speaking of speaking of Guardians, Fernie and D, let me ask you. This is a good one. So Guardians has got six different songs. I'm correct. Six, six different songs. Yeah. Do you, have you gotten all six? I think you've gotten most. I think you've gotten most of them. Well, I've gotten got them because you get on that coaster. Yeah, I don't go on that one. I got five. I got five out of six. I need Born to be Wild, and they won't play I've it got, I've every time I wild. get on it. I've been Born to be Wild. Yeah, Born I've to be Wild is great it. on that ride. It's a it's a great song for that you ride. You know what? Those so are all awesome. great. That's all great. But when it's Halloween and they do Monsters After Dark, that's the best. Oh, yeah. The I love rougher. that one. The music, the graphics. I love the monster that they're facing. Oh. Uh, the fiery so, skeleton monster. <laughs> so. I've gotten all except for free free ride. Free ride. That's the only one I haven't gotten. Ride. I might have gotten all of them. I think maybe some. Yeah, and I, I haven't gotten so monsters I, after dark. <laughs> so I gotta say, you know, Universal has been in recent years criticized because of all these screen rides, and and they're certainly they're correcting. You know, things like uh, Hagrid's, which is amazing. Velocicoaster about to open here. Uh, again, it, you know, very little, limited screens and, and more practical effects and animatronics. You know, they're, they're doing better. But there is a place for screens, you know, obviously in flying theaters. Flight of Passage is incredible. Soaring still a great ride. But I got to say, what they did with Guardians of the Galaxy you know, with not talking about the coaster here in Florida, I'm talking about what we were talking about, the, you know, re, redo of Tower of Terror with the screens and being able to flip a switch literally and turn on that, you know, Halloween mode, Monsters After Dark, which I've experienced as well, is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Everything changes. The queue changes, the ride, everything. Yes, it's even brilliant. their outfits, even the cast members' uniforms change, like they're ripped. I remember like they were like struggling, you know, they were ripped and stuff like they were trying to escape. And I remember at 3 p.m. is when the it would convert. And every time at 3 p.m. we were down, we had like the Disneyland time matched with our uh, with our phones and our watches and 3 p.m. <laughs> we got to get that fast pass. And then that's why Fernie's done all the songs that I'm on, because when we get the fast pass, he gets to write it twice. Because I was too, and I use both of them. I would use both of them, <laughs> and I remember you feel guilty, and I said, "Just go on the ride. I do my shopping at this time. It's it's, it's it chicken, works out. It's chicken time for you. Yeah, <laughs> Come that's very kind new, of you. Whenever a new ride comes out, I do it. I get the photo, and then that's it. That's the one time I'm over it. No, I'm not going. David, no more. David D has not accepted the coaster challenge. No. <laughs> the the guys, uh, drop tower guys, challenge. Yeah, you know, <laughs> drop tower. Um, but speaking of coast, have you guys with outside of Disney have have you guys uh, written any traditional coasters outside of Disney, like at Six Flags, Knott's Berry Farm? Been closer to Six Flags, Revolution, Viper. Um, what's that, Ninja? Okay. What's that the other one over there? Uh, yeah, Ninja. Cyclone. 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 
they don't even have cyclone anymore which i'm super sad about because i was talking oh, about it i was talking about it to someone and they were like uh what what Might is cyclone and i was like what are you talking about what cyclone it's the wooden coaster at the back of the park they're like now it's apocalypse i would i would yeah. like to go to a six flags i haven't been there in a while and i would like to ride a twisted colossus you gotta oh, go yeah. with david david knows go with david he'll take care of you to the vr so if you guys if, if you guys love big thunder mountain which i love as well when you come to orlando you gotta get on hagrid's so good so good amazing and oh, you yeah. like and you like harry potter and the launches and the theming and i'm really excited i know we've been talking about it on certain episodes here of the podcast uh david and iva are still planning to come out to here to orlando in late october and david has not been on hagrid's of course not velocicoaster and some of these other newer rides so i'm excited to spend some time with him and iva and get get on the you know i always love getting on a ride with someone for their first time even if I've been on it a million times or whatever. That's um, fun. I don't know why that's fun. It <laughs> is. It, yeah, it just is to see their reaction. And so, you, I, so again, you, Big Thunder Mountain is your favorite ride. That's a great coaster. Have you guys ever been on Big Thunder Mountain? You're talking about day versus night. Have you ever been on that ride when the fireworks are going off? Absolutely. Many times. We nice. know how to time it Rain, down. Shine, fireworks, no yes. fireworks, whatever. We would know how to That's time a magical it experience. Yes. That is a magical oh, experience yeah. right there. Yeah. When you're going by like, oh look. Ah! And the ref- and the reflection of the fireworks are on the mountain right there, the really tall peak right there in the middle. Yes. Yep. It's really cool. It's great. Awesome. Those awesome. are magical moments. Yes. <laughs> yes. I got I got to experience that a, a few years ago before moving, obviously, uh, with a, a couple of people and it was purely by chance that it happened. We did not plan it, but I, I was just blown away. I'm like, Oh my God, the fireworks are going off. Oh, this is like perfect for this ride. It's the theming and it's just adding to it. It's plussing it. So speaking of plussing on the other side of things. So for you guys, we just talked about the favorite attraction. What's your least favorite attraction. Now this has to be one that you go on. So, guardians? <laughs> no, no, guardians see, I know no, that, no, that doesn't count. Thing, oh, some attraction that you can go on. It's not like you're scared of it. It's something that you're willing to go on, but you know, you on a show or whatever. That you don't like as much. Yeah. I like taking a nap on favorite, Small yeah. World. Oh. I'll go first to give deep time to <laughs> okay. I will go on it, but it has to be the absolute positively last ride of the night, or you're going to see another side of Sarah that you don't like seeing. And that's Star Tours. I will. Why why is that, Sarah? Because I don't like the first person movement, which, Um, as many of us, all of us have been on. um, I was going to say Mandalorian. Uh, What's the what's the ride? Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run is very much first person, but it does not make me sick. Star Tours makes me sick. It gives got, me a headache, and I'm the one that drives home. One time on, so that. I don't like it. Smugglers run. Keep in mind that you're you've got six people in the vehicle, on the, and that's and that's what's pivoting and moving around in various axes. Versus the Star Tours vehicle is like what 40, 50 people. So I, the Smugglers run. The movement is much better synced with the screen. That's probably why you don't get sick. Probably it's newer technology, and yeah, yeah. You're wearing three glasses, and you're not right. wearing three D glasses too. Exactly. Okay, Fernie and D. What least favorite attraction? Your least favorite attraction. Let's see. It's 
kind of hard to say because I, I like all of them, even the train at night with the dinosaurs. So, but I would say my least favorite attraction is probably going to be it's a small world. It's it, it makes me go to sleep. I really ride that ride just to like I need I need to take a break. Let's go get on to the small world. Because it has AC and it has AC, <laughs> so, I, so it's kind of like a love hate because I kind of I like being in the ride, but it, it, it yeah. is a, it's a sleeper. The music <clears throat> sticks your head exactly. The, the music I'm like I'd rather hear the Simpsons version where it's Duff beer for me. <laughs> beer for you. We'll have a drop. You have one too. <laughs> they have so D, there. what about you? What what about what is- yeah? I want to say it was Goofy's Flight School because oh. that is a close second for me. You, you, oh. you, it has really tight turns and I you feel like you're going to fall off on the edge. Well, they fixed it. I, they fixed it. They <laughs> put higher bars like up to the, your head now so you feel more secure. Except for us tall people who go home with bruises on their arms. Yeah, just something about only having a four-person car and having these sharp turns when you have a view of the whole park. No, I can't. I will do it. Oh, but no. I, I told I you just, about that ride. I, told you, I have to do it with my eyes closed. I told, I told her about that ride. Because like, I rode that ride one time when I used to go to the park by myself. And I, I, I sat in the front. I remember almost like nearly like falling out of that thing when I made the turns. I'm like, oh, oh wow. I'm like, Still and I remember, than- I remember something happened to it because um, sometimes a couple of summers ago, they people got stuck on the ride, and then after that, they shut they shut the ride down for a couple of months, and then they had they had to put like new braking systems so it stops all real hard in the real the turn, so it takes the turns all smooth now. But still better was- than Primeval World. Still better than Primeval World. David, did you get to experience uh- Primeval World? Oh, all right, David, did you get to experience Primeval World? Say it one more time. Did you get to experience Primeval World when you came here to Florida in 2017? No, have not experienced that. Okay, well, that's a credit you're not going to get because it's already been closed down, and it's awful. It's a, it's a Wild Mouse-style coaster uh, over in Dinoland, USA, or was, and it's just awful. It's it's rough. It's it's one of the worst Wild Mouse coasters I've ever been on. But um, I know we're running out of time here, so um, I actually just have one more question. So um it kind of there were two questions i gave you guys you know in advance or david did in advance but they kind of tie together i think i have a feeling so uh, my understanding f- f- is, is that all of you guys have only been to the Di- to disneyland and dca you've not been to disney world not been to international parks is that right no we've never been to any international parks only only california yeah and uh, not I, disney world no i've been to disney world but it was 20 years ago <laughs> okay okay 21 so even years for ago you, okay so it so would be talk about yeah. it would be all new yeah. to me if and when i ever okay. go again or not, not some new right right yeah. a lot of it new right okay so in terms of rides that you know have, have been put in the parks you know since the past 20 years for you sarah or any or, or whatnot or for 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 any for you guys you know anything at disney world or Sarah as well, anything international, for all of you guys international, um, what is your number one bucket list attraction that's at a park that's already opened, but you've not gotten to be on? Very good question. I, I got two. One's okay, easy. that's I, fine. I want, I want to ride the Seven the seven Doors Mine train ride at Walt Disney World because that looks fun. Also, because nice. I just saw I just saw some of the construction at Universal, um, Super Mario World. 
Oh yes, not yes. an attraction, but I know that they have the Mario Kart ride. But that whole world is, oh my god, I need, I need to go. Sure, it was pretty cool seeing experience. it last weekend when we went to Universal. I've seen sneak peeks because it's open in already. Is it Japan? It's already open. Yeah, in Japan. Yeah. Japan, it's already, yes. It's already open. Oh man, it's 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 oh cool. And they're already talking about expanding uh, Donkey Kong, and I'm like, yep. Oh my god, I need to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. And we're supposed to get the Super Mario World they have in Japan and the Donkey Kong, supposedly day one for Epic Universe here in Orlando, supposedly. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's. I mean, who knows with the pandemic, you know, tightening up the money. Yes, the construction resumed at Epic Universe a few weeks ago. Because okay. I've seen so dude, there's, yeah. there's been construction. There's a lot of people have been looking at that Velocicoaster. Oh yeah, that's opening in another month. Oh wow, that's another be cool. month. Yeah. Oh, and About we're actually, May, they're saying we haven't we haven't really told Sarah this because we're actually we we got some we we're actually able to get uh, tickets to go to Universal again. We're actually going to go to Universal again next weekend because they nice, opened up nice. the lower lot. So we'll be able to go into the Jurassic Park area. So more of the park will be open. So nice. we'll definitely be we'll be going there next week nice. as, as an extra video. I haven't, even, I haven't even seen Jurassic World we, yet. Yeah, it kind of oh. just it kind of just happened. the The tickets were sold out, and I had looked the Saturday. We had such a great time last weekend. I looked on the website. And I said, "Oh, sad, everything sold out except Thursdays," and then last night. I told I was looking online and I said, Oh my god, they're open. Uh there's tickets for nice. Fridays and Saturdays. And I clicked it in the cart and I'm like, they're real. It's not like telling me, you know, change the <laughs> right. date. It was, it was telling me that before, like I would pick a date and process and go, Oh, sorry, unavailable. And it went through and I would go all excited. And then after I because the announcement of the lower lot, I'm like, they must have released more tickets because now they have more space to spread everyone nice. out. So, so Fernie, you mentioned Seven Doors Mine Train. I can tell you, having been on that ride, both in Shanghai and in, and in Florida, if you like Big Thunder Mountain, you're going to like Seven Doors. They're mm-hmm. a similar kind. You know, mine, they're both mine train type rides. You know, they're really fun. Seven Doors has a little bit more theming to it, with a little show scene in the middle, which is really cute, yeah. really well done. Um, so, so D and, and and Sarah, what about you guys for your bucket list attraction? Um, I want to say for bucket list local, I need to throw this in there. I I need a I need a I need a Captain the Mark Twain. I want to write my name in the book. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know, I know. And then for international, I want to say over there in Florida. I want to say there's three, and they're tied in my head. I want to say <laughs> Everest, Seven Mines Train, and I want to do uh. The Avatar ride over there. Oh, flight of passage. Flight of passage. Flight of passage. Nice. Park. Yeah, that thing looks. Yeah, really cool that too. looks really neat. If it's so started- Animal Kingdom. Yep, me as well. Yep, yep. Flight of passage is the best flying theater I've ever been on by far. Speaking of, and I've been on a few of them. Yeah. Speaking of Avatar, the one best souvenir I ever got was this is an Avatar. This is me of you. They they scanned my head and shoulder. And turned me into an avatar over at Disney's Animal Kingdom over in Pandora. This costs eighty nice. bucks, but it's probably one of the best souvenirs I've ever ever got at Disney World, which is really really cool. So it Very comes cool. in a full box and everything. So it's been sitting nicely in here. So yeah, Pandora is beautiful. Even even uh, the the river ride, you know, yeah, it's short, but it's 
beautiful. I love Avatar personally. A Flight of Passage is amazing. It, it, the smells, the sights, the sounds, the, the motion of the ride is so unique because it's individual part, part of it. Um, and the land is beautiful. Um, David pointed out the souvenirs, really cool souvenirs. Uh, and then Satuli Canteen, the, the quick service restaurant, is amazing. So good. It's the best quick service in all of Disney World, as far as I'm concerned. And right outside of Satuli Canteen, they have a window. You can get amazing margaritas, really good margaritas. So um, you guys will have a really good time at, at Animal Kingdom there. And Everest is awesome right across the way there in Asia. Um, really great, great. And yeah, again, kind of like a mine train ride. You guys definitely have a theme going with the coasters you like. Okay, David's giving us. All right, so one more thing. So Sarah, your your bucket list. I don't have a specific. Well, I have two. So I really, as crazy as it sounds, I want to try Tron. And I know Disney World is supposed to be getting it. I don't think they've gotten it yet. Um, and I know nope, it was yet. said that we were supposed to be getting it. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but I would like to go to Disney Hong Kong. Nice. So uh, I have been on Tron. I've been to Hong Kong as well. Tron is amazing. It's again, it's a podcast, but you guys can see my little virtual background here in Zoom. It's, tr it's a picture I took of Tron when I was there uh, two years ago. Uh, oh, yeah. I got to marathon it because it was not busy one of the days I was there. Was so awesome. So excited to open here in Florida. And it looks like you guys may be getting it in Disneyland as part of the Disneyland Forward. So let's keep our fingers crossed for that. Okay, so David's been giving us the wrap it up. So uh, the last thing I would like to ask you guys, it's for Fernie D and Sarah, whoever wants to go through this. Um, I'd like to give you the opportunity to kind of share so people can see your awesome videos and everything. So share, you know, if you have a website, a YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever socials, please share how people can find you guys on the internet. Yeah, you can definitely find uh, me and D at Kiddel TV on YouTube. We have, that's usually where we post most of our videos. Um, we're on Instagram at TV. It's TV on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And then uh, we're also, I'm also on Twitch at TV. Also, I do, I do like some gaming and I do like DJ streams on Twitch as well. That's something new I've been doing as well. So we're, we're kind of like on every single social media platform, everything except for like TikTok, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming soon. On TikTok. On TikTok. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you very much, guys. It was fun talking about Disney and a little bit of Universal. And I'm uh, excited for you guys to get your parks reopened here very, very soon, fully reopened. So um, hopefully you guys will get to experience that. And thank you for your time today. It was awesome talking to you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks you for having us. Thank you. What it do, what it do. So that was a great interview with Fernie and Dee with Kidult TV and Sarah. It was a really good episode. Good interview. You know, it was a really, really in-depth conversation about theme park magic, how it really affects people's lives and it affects them for the better. Yeah, um, it, gives, it gives them their escape. Yeah, I would say in the times that everybody, we all been living through, especially in this past year with this pandemic, we could really use an escape. Yeah. And it's really great that Disney is back open. Hopefully, we can secure some reservations and get down there as soon as possible. Oh, I've been I've been missing Disney for whew, since last my last birthday. 
Yeah. Jeez. Same here. I, mean, I was celebrating my birthday last year. It was supposed to be at Disney, and it didn't get to happen. So, well, guys, I want to take the opportunity to thank you guys for taking time to listen to our episode. And don't forget to come on in every Friday. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, and that way you can be alerted when a new episode is released. But until then, this is David Cantu. This is J.D. Prescott. And we'll see you next week on Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? <laughs>